This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you. Hello and welcome to Mind Your Mornings. As always, we are here to talk about mental health, human nature and the complexities of the mind. On this show, we discuss theories, share experiences and question the obvious. We delve deeper into the why. Join us as we explore another topic, another concept, another experience of the human mind. Today, joining me as co-host is Richa. Professionally, Richa is a brand consultant. And apart from that, she likes to call herself an informal student of therapy, a curious soul and a lover of people. Hi, Richa. Welcome to your first presence on Mind Your Morning. Thanks, Anushka. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and, you know, to learn something new. Um, I've always been immensely curious about how the mind works and I've personally benefited so much from therapy, like myself and, and even my relationships. So it's actually my go-to recommendation to everyone I meet. So I'm quite thrilled, as you can see, and uh, to be sitting on this side of the table, like metaphorically. <laughs> Thank you, Richa. And for those of you who might not know, Richa has worked on our podcast since our first season. And um, she's the really, she's the backbone of the podcast. So Richa, it's great having you here today as a guest. Introducing the next guest for today, Farah. Farah is an associate counselor at Anna Chandy and Associates. She has worked with several clients over the past four years. Her practical experiences give an astute view into the lives of people and the meaning they make. Hi, Farah. Welcome back to Mind Your Mornings. How are you today? Hi, Anushka. Hi, Richa. I'm happy to be here and, uh, you know, to talk to both of you. Uh, looking forward to exploring this new concept uh, today. Absolutely. I think I'm very, very intrigued and excited to discuss this topic I know when we initially did it, did it on social media as well, we got a lot of um, questions from our uh, audience. So it's nice to be able to discuss this with uh, two like-minded individuals here today. Um, and I think uh, let's get started. Richa, do you want to introduce this topic to us? Sure. So, uh, so Farah, I've been uh, following your Instagram takeover this month on Anna Chanian Associates page. And the topic you're covering is is something that's very new to me, right? The Madonna whore complex. Uh, honestly, it has me both very, very curious and a little bit uncomfortable. I don't know whether that's normal. But uh, I think somewhere it's, it's, it's like a relatable topic. So, so let's get into it, Farah. Why don't you tell us really what this uh, complex is about? So um, the Madonna whore complex is actually um, a psychological complex. It was first, uh, you know, the, the term itself was coined by Sigmund Freud himself. And uh, he says that uh, where such men love, there is no desire. And where there is desire, they cannot love. So basically, if I were to break that down, it means that uh, men place women in two categories that of Madonna and whore. Uh, the Madonna is the woman who's pure, virginal, virtuous, and nurturing. And the whore is the woman who is deemed as the overly sexual, uh, promiscuous, manipulating, and uh, available. 
right so uh, so so this is like it, it's very polarized thinking then in terms of like black and white right so how does it show up in in real life in relationship actually he we see it quite a lot you know maybe we didn't know it was called madonna whore but uh, we've seen this dichotomy play out in our lives so often from an early age you know there'll be boys who'll have sisters who they'll be overly protective towards and they'll see their sister as a madonna uh, you know very pure and virginal but um, uh, and they'll be very skeptical of any men trying to make advances on their sisters but if we see a girl in public who say for example smoking or is hanging out with a lot of boys the 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 perception they have of her is uh, she's a very fast girl a very turn uh, advanced and uh, and you know uh, uh, i think both men and women in our culture both men and women do this kind of a uh, separation of into two categories so women are most of the time put into two categories uh, either the pure and the nice and the homely and the good girl and the bad girl and the fast and the you know the the whole category i think this is also preva- prevalent all around the world i mean of course india our culture also adds to it a lot but you know even if you look at sex and the city and if you look at the characters of samantha and charlotte right um i think it sort of echoes the same thought um in fact i remember when we were having this uh discussion before we um sort of got everything together for this podcast um i think while we were talking para i had mentioned that even i think even maybe 10 to 15 years ago wearing red lipstick for example was a sign of uh, in in quotes you know being a fast girl right but today everyone wears red lipstick it's um, it's it's a norm um i think two things that would be uh, of interest to me as both um since i am married and i'm also a mother to a son um how does this really play out in terms of um perception of both like a husband viewing his wife and a son viewing his mother yeah so actually the two milestones in a woman's life where the madonna hall complex really comes to light um is both uh, one is marriage and the other is motherhood so marriage i think uh, what happens is that uh, men in heterosexual relationships you know and previously before marriage they view women as uh sexual partners etc but uh, and for whom they have romantic feelings and those romantic feelings then go on to become sexual feelings however uh you know that once they get married a lot of men who have this complex are not able to differentiate between their love for their spouse and uh you know their uh, their sexual feelings for that spouse and uh, so they can't view both love and sex in the same person and therefore they will either love that person or they will have sex with that person um and uh, they compartmentalize uh, these behaviors love and sex uh, into two different categories and so that's one marriage is one where it plays out and uh, you know remember we were talking about this that it's also about uh, they may be dating a lot of women maybe they've had multiple sexual partners before marriage but the 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 woman they take home to mom yeah yeah the the pure and the virginal and uh, the the modest 
and uh, that that kind of a profile of a woman is what they want for a uh, partner uh, for a wife sorry so um so yeah so that's about uh, marriage being one milestone where this plays up the other one where this plays up is in motherhood now motherhood actually is uh, a little bit of a flip it happens in reverse that you know uh, someone who may have been a sexual partner now uh, after having a baby gets almost elevated to a pedestal of a madonna mm. earth and uh, the sensual being with desires has now done something uh, so incredible and so almost uh, godlike you know yeah uh, yeah so it's almost like there is a shift from looking at this woman as a whore to now a madonna in fact uh, research has shown that men who have seen uh, their partners give birth through a natural way uh, you know uh, find it harder to go back and look at that woman as a sexual being because uh, very visually they have seen the sexual organ becoming a reproductive organ so uh, they're not able to make that difference in their head and they're not able to look at their partner as a sexual uh, being thereafter and this causes a lot of frustration um, uh, for the wife because yeah. if her uh, desires return then uh, you know there's nobody to meet them and that's that's where the starts so yeah so yeah. the milestones where this definitely plays out yeah in fact you know when you were talking about that i just sort of um, i i remember i think it was in our sociology class when we were in 11th standard a teacher was explaining to us how you know previously when mothers gave birth one of the reasons why they wouldn't let fathers into the room was because you know they would just be totally put off from uh, the women in a very sexual manner mm-hmm. so i think this is played out possibly before we have even um, given a name to it right absolutely absolutely so uh, isn't this a very gendered phenomenon then isn't uh, uh, isn't it a very uh, from a feminist lens uh, uh, the objectification of women uh, where you can either see her as uh, a love interest or a sexual being uh, where does feminist theory stand on this faraz has there been any uh, i think uh, you know while there isn't any de- uh, definitive study on this uh, feminist theory definitely says that this is uh, deeply ro- rooted in upholding that patriarchal norm or you know uh, having a control over the woman's sexuality and autonomy so uh, so it is definitely a gender stereotype although i have to see that uh, i have to say that over the years while it may have started out as a male phenomena the you know when i did the instagram post we got so many queries from women who yeah mm-hmm. who, who had multiple uh, sexual partners uh, you know and but with their steady stable either boyfriend or husband they they aren't able to experience the same kind of sexual drive so i think uh, as as we're moving forward uh, that's the change that is coming that uh, uh, you know perhaps even women are experiencing the split can you can you talk a little more about the uh, the women feeling this because that's that's actually very interesting it's it's counterintuitive in a way to our so called patriarchal society right so uh, you know when uh, madonna hall complex actually was coined and sigmund freud did this work on it so um, you know the 
it it stemmed from a place where um, men uh, men with complicated relationships with their mothers experience this phenomenon more mm-hmm. because mother was actually in such cases the alpha and mm-hmm. the approval of the mother was really important for the man mm-hmm. and you know the way he viewed women depended a lot on his relationship with the mother and um, and that's that's why so when he went on to meet uh, uh, you know romantic or sexual partners he either looked at them from the lens of uh, sexual activity which is uh, you know you degrade that woman to a level where you just have sex with her and that's it mm-hmm. then the other one was this virtuous person who you take home or uh, you know you're not supposed to mix the two because she's only for love and all of those but uh, not for sex so um, so that was for men now if uh, to answer your question about uh, what's happening with women now uh, i think if we look at it from the lens of women with strong father figures and uh, you know who needed that same kind of approval or validation from their fathers or who really had a very strong relationship with their fathers maybe sometimes project that kind of an expectation from their partners and mm-hmm. therefore not able to look at them as sexual partners rather mm-hmm. they look at them as this pro- a protective provider uh, safe uh, space uh, kind of person and um, uh, you know uh, a sexual partner is just somebody you sleep with and that's about it a couple of things you know as you were talking i um i'm a huge 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 true crime fan and in fact you know a lot of research that has been done on like the world's most sort of derail serial killers right it's actually what you were talking about the mothers have played such an important role in who these people became um because you know one of them could um his purpose of having sex with his wife was only to produce children but all his other sexual fantasies he sort of took out on other women and in another case one of them who had a really really strong mother you know and he couldn't as you said an alpha mother since he couldn't take out his frustration on her he would take it out on everyone else you know and uh, another thing that also i think came up when you were talking about women i mean i i feel like as a millennial woman something we hear a lot is um be a lady in the street and a tramp in the sheets right um i think even that is something that maybe it was started by women themselves um i don't know how much um role men would play in this um but what do you think this in today's day and age right um do you think that this is something that's going to continue in different forms it's um uh you know anushka i think uh, you're absolutely right that these are all patriarchal constructs and uh, yes uh, it may have been coined by women themselves because we all know that women are the gatekeepers of patriarchy so uh, so you know it could have come from women themselves um however i think as we are moving forward um uh, you know this is going to continue because uh, uh, that original relationship of the child with their parent has a lot it's that original blueprint and i think it has a lot to do with how it plays out uh, you know in their adult uh, romantic sexual uh, interactions so uh, you know and i think the tags are not going anywhere 
women are still being shamed and uh, there is a lot of uh, 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 what's the word i'm looking for there is a lot of uh, uh, you know categorization done on whether someone is fit or unfit to be a long term partner so yeah. uh, so uh, it's not going anywhere for sure and i was actually very surprised uh, by the kind of responses i got to the instagram post that there are equal number of women and you know you'd be surprised i, I must tell you this that uh, i did a question which is that and this question was actually posed more to women but equally to men and women but more keeping women in mind that um, how do you look at yourself do you look at yourself as a madonna or whore and a lot of them looked at themselves as force the response mm-hmm. god so and uh, so and there is something about having one or no sexual partners is very madonnaish and having yeah. partners makes you horish so um, it's a mindset issue at the end of the day and um, until we really normalize our conversations around sex and romance and how the two can coexist I don't think mm-hmm. yeah I think uh, I think there's also a lot of internalization of of the conditioning right like I what you mentioned about women being the gatekeepers uh, mm-hmm. of patriarchy and uh, I mean I'm a millennial myself and I have friends younger than me who I have seen are uh, independent they're financially independent emotionally independent they they live by themselves but um, they're very hesitant when it comes to sex Um, yeah. and, uh, I think somewhere it is it, it's the voice of our parents or our mothers uh, telling us that uh, you know save yourself for marriage and and logically I think a lot of us will laugh at it right now and uh, but uh, somewhere the conditioning is is very deep uh, yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely I I think that's uh, I I I see that a lot also even in uh, the younger generation. um i think that there is all these discussions going on and i think for them also you know there are so many different types of partnerships these days so it will be interesting to see how this translates into those equations as well i'm a little yeah. i'm a little older to you guys uh, but even in the 60s and 70s the way uh, you know there was such in bollywood movies themselves the way that be that be a vamp who was who's dressed very provocatively and who's always with the villain had a had a very different kind of persona and yeah the, yeah i think helen played that role a lot in absolutely, the absolutely and then there'd be this pure and pristine wife the heroine who the hero would finally then you know so it's it's visually all around us also there's a very stark difference between that we have created uh, between the imagery of both the madonna and whore for ourselves yeah 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 i'm actually very very um uh, curious to see how this generation and by this generation i mean the ones in their 20s right now and and the following generations respond to this and um uh, their behavior because i see a lot more polyamorous relationships these days and uh, at least they're more open i i don't know about uh, whether they are more or less but uh, there's a lot that's coming up uh Anyway, I I have a last question for you Farah and then if Anushka has anything else to add that uh w- what what made you choose this topic? Very very <laughs> curious about that. Um 
she that's a really uh, good one i was uh, i have to be honest i didn't know about this till a client of mine actually brought this up and uh, he's uh, he's in a steady relationship uh, with a partner but has had uh, multiple sexual partners in the past and uh, his girlfriend uh, bought this article for him and said that hey uh, you know while we are steady and things are going well uh you know we we don't seem to be physically intimate like we should be so what's going on and then she chanced upon this article and he he sent it to me and and we explored it and we realized that uh, there's definitely a difference in his sexual activity with um fleeting relationships versus a steady relationship where he was probably looking for more stability and sex was not on his mind as much hmm so then i thought that it's it would be really interesting and he's a millennial himself so i thought it would be really nice to open it up to more uh, people and see uh, and and i was very pleasantly surprised by the kind of response and uh, you know uh, me tools that i received uh, uh, you know once we did these posts that's awesome thanks vara i've i've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation uh and i have learned a lot and uh, i'm i hope i get to interact with you again thanks thanks richa i i really uh, i'm glad as well that we got to throw some light on this uh you know and and just uh, this is just peeling one layer i'm sure there are multiple layers beneath this but it was just good to just bring this to light uh for our audience today just uh, definitely absolutely just bit quickly before we wrap this up um in terms of resolution para um what would you suggest because you know if some of our um, listeners do relate to this what are some um, i i don't want to say solutions hmm. but uh, what are some tools that you can use for support or how do you sort of discover learn more about this and how it affects you possibly in your relationships yeah that's a very important question because uh, there's one thing to be, become aware of it but then what do you do with it and you know how do you move forward so um i think the first thing is to bring it into your awareness and identify it for yourself to know that yes this is what's going on with me and um uh, you know make meaning of that difference that uh, it's not about a sexual inability it is about the fact that it's happening only with this person um then the other thing is uh, what comes to mind is that if the couple really wants to make headway maybe couple sessions to explore what's going on experimenting with each other and and to really make an effort to break that uh, that uh, you know uh, that lens through which they are viewing that steady partner and and uh, you know make an effort to look at them differently and i think somewhere about having a lot many conversations about how love and sex can coexist in the same person yeah should that make sense yeah it should uh, coexist in the same person yeah thank you para this has been super enlightening Yeah. as we create a yeah as we create a equal society for all genders i think it's important for all of us to 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 stop and think about our behaviors and our subconscious beliefs i have a couple things i want to mull over now um where do they come from do they hold true today do we think we're going to pass this on to our children i leave you all with these reflections till we meet again for another talk another conversation on mental health you can follow us 
on Instagram at Counselor Anna. If you have any queries, you can send that to us. To us, um, send it to office at annachandy.com, and you can find us as Anna Chandy and Associates Associates across all other social media platforms. Thank you. Thank you, Richa. Thank you, Farah. Thank you. This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you.